Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Our guest today is Linda Zebian. Linda has the very meta position of being the Senior Director of Communications and Community at Muckrack, where she manages its internal and external communications strategy. Previously, she spent 10 years at the New York Times developing and executing communications strategies for the business side of the company. Linda is super passionate about independent journalism's role in democracy. She loves organic gardening, cooking, and enjoys yoga and weightlifting. Linda, is there anything I missed? No, you summed it up pretty well there. Thanks for having me, Todd. Good. Well, thank you. Um, Before we get into the serious stuff, as uh, somebody who considers himself a bit of a cook, uh, what is your favorite go-to dish? Uh, You've got to impress somebody. Uh, What do you do? Mm, I I, I, I like to do a white fish crusted like in panko that I um, uh, sizzle on the stove um, like in a cast iron and then I make this delicious like homemade tomato basil balsamic topping with it serve it with a little bit of like Lebanese style rice which is the best kind of rice and uh, a little salad and uh, that's my that's my meal and folks Folks seem to like it when they come by. <laughs> now that's that sounds good to me. That, that yeah. sounds great. What was there was some TV show I forget it was, and there was a whole big debate about Israeli hummus versus Lebanese hummus, oh. and people got very serious about the yes. the difference. They do, don't they? Um, where did where did hummus originate? Right, that's the big question, and then it gets all sorts of uh, political from there. <laughs> Um, um, I don't, I like all hummus, so I'm a hummus, you know, give me all the hummus from from wherever it came from. (laughs) Well, let's see here. Um, so, uh, over to Muckrack and it was cool when the, uh, gal, the gal, the guy, Matt at the office, uh, does lots of the booking for the show. And when I saw Muckrack come across my desk, I'm like, oh, I'm on Muckrack. Um, yeah. So obviously, the basics are that, at, and tell me if I'm wrong here, that at Muckrock, Muck, Muckrack, they uh, are a great way to link up journalists and people in PR and uh, create kind of a symbiosis between the two. Uh, first, what are the advantages for PR companies being involved with Muckrack? Well, um, I think, you know... Uh, Muckrack originated as a platform for journalists to find each other on social media. And that's how we kind of got our start um, uh, back in 2009. So I think, you know, the fact that we're rooted in journalism and media is, is, you know, the first thing. And then I'd say, you know, we built out of public relations management platform software that kind of is like, you know, a soup to nuts um, platform that helps you build relationships with the press, um, manage your crisis risk, um, and then demonstrate, you know, PR's value on business outcomes, which, um, as we all know, is not always fully understood or 
or or fully celebrated um, in a way, say that marketing's uh, outcomes impact the bottom line. So um, it's basically, you know, a database and it's deeply rooted in data um, that data powers um, pitching and the monitoring and the reporting and, and, and the rest of the tool. So how does Muckrack determine which journalists that PR people should pitch? So um, it's, it's actually all in pretty much control, unless you're using our AI tool. Um, it's really all in, 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 in the user's control and the customer's control. So, um, you know, you can uh, input you, what you're looking for, um, how to find the right journalist or media outlet. Um, you can search by people, article, outlet, broadcast, um, um, depending on what you're looking for. And then you can filter your results by like dozens and dozens of filters. So you've got like demographic, location, their beat. Um, the outlet type different learn have like 123 languages. So whether or not they're a verified journalist on Muckrack is, is might be interesting. Um, you know, are they a podcaster? Are they a newsletter writer? Um, and then you can, you know, search by keyword and then you can actually even narrow that down even more. Like is the keyword in their Twitter bio? Is it in their byline? Is it in a headline? Is it in the body of the story? All that. So pretty extensive and then if on if you're using our ai tool press pal ai um we do surface um potentially relevant journalists based on um the press release that's generated by your input yeah how, how does that work sure so with press pal ai um which i should mention is actually uh free and accessible to anyone who's interested in playing around with it you don't have to be a customer to to use it so you um, basically input, um, you can do a, a headline, you can do a bunch of keywords of kind of the press release or the pitch or the social post or whatever you're creating into the, into the, um, into the prompt. And then it takes like 15 to 20 seconds and it will start drafting a press release based on that. And then based wow. on the keywords pulled from the press release, Muckrack will surface relevant journalists who may be interested in your news and then you can go and then if you're so you can see the five journalists if you're not a customer if you are a customer you can click through and see all the journalists that have been surfaced and you can add them to media lists you can pitch send pitches directly right in the platform kind of like tap tap go oh wow yeah it's really so, actually so kind of crazy and amazing <laughs> the tech is yeah it's it's like uh, an entire PR agency in a can, really. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's powerful. I mean, you know, we you know, like the rest of the industry, you know, AI generative generative AI is not you know the final the final uh, thing you should be sending. You know, like in in, in our view, it doesn't replace the journal. Um, it doesn't replace the ju your judgment as a PR person. So we mm -hmm. think of it as more of like a brainstorming tool than like you know, generate and send, right? You should review it. You gotta, you gotta change the tone. You gotta make it your own, um, kind of a springboard for, for what's, uh, the potential for your news. It is, it is a little creepy though, that it does feel a little bit like we're creating the tools that will take our jobs, <laughs> you know, is, is there a little bit of that yeah. feeling going on? Um, you know, that's not like, 
I mean, that's a sentiment that we've certainly heard. We actually, I have like a survey, an AI survey um, I can I can speak to. Um, I was planning to talk about it later, but we can talk about it now. I mean, I mean we surveyed a thousand PR pros um, uh, in from in March and April, and um, it was it was a it was a concern for some who answered our survey that like is PR is AI replacing um, is going to replace the job of PR pro and. You know, I think journalism, um, PR, these industries create the creative industry marketing. Like everyone's talking about that kind of um, that potential. But in our view, like I said, you know, and in my personal view, frankly, is AI is never going to be able to make that judgment call. AI is never going to be able to respond in in a crisis. AI is not going to be able to sit and, uh, you know, counsel an executive. Um, AI is not going to. AI can't replace your voice and it, you know, and, and folks are, are really going to start to know when something is AI created mm. um, and not vetted and not, you know, scrutinized versus something that a human being created. So um, we see it as a tool that like frees up time and kind of does like that, you know, what PR person doesn't need more time. I mean, right. I don't know anybody who's like, dang, I had a really easy day today. No, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we, we don't have all, maybe the budget that a marketing team has always, right? We're, we're yeah. a little bit uh, run thin um, <clears throat> resource wise. So to me, if I can use um, generative AI to get a thought starter going, um, it's the same as almost having like, you know, like uh, somebody on your, somebody to talk to, somebody on your team who you can bounce ideas off, give you a first draft, and then you have to go back, you have to make it your own, and you have to, you, you have to make sure that it's, it's well-rounded. And then in that time mm-hmm. that you save, you may, I don't know, measure your work, do something that you don't usually do, pull together a report, story mind, story tell, build relationships. I mean, AI, reporters can't have relationships with AI, so, and that's right. like the heart of PR, right? Yeah. No, I I like that. Uh, wh- what are some of the kind of small tasks that currently people in PR are using uh, AI for? Um, they're using it to so about fifty seven percent in our survey. So we surveyed a thousand over a thousand PR professionals from March thirty first to April twenty fifth of this year. Sixty one percent of PR pros said they're already using AI or they're plan to explore it. Fifty-seven percent of those who are using it said that they are using it to craft pitches. Forty-eight percent are using it for social posts. Um, so, so it's 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 a write it's writing, right? Um, and then, obviously, with our tool, we have the journalist um, surfacer, which I think is actually amazing. Like, yeah, to not have to comb through a database or go to Twitter or go to Google and try to find someone who's relevant—that's um, a huge time saver. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. So I love that. So yeah, that's what people are using it for. Uh, what do you think things will look like in five years in terms of AI and PR? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so funny that you ask. So we asked that question. Um, what yeah. are the top five skills companies need to focus on for the next five years? And actually AI was in the top five. It outranked okay. social media influencer marketing and multimedia mm. and short form video, which are like gangbusters right now, especially like short form, TikTok, all that stuff, influencer marketing. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I think, you know, and, and, and I've spoken about this before, but I just think, 
you know, AI can be a little bit daunting. It can be like, what is this? I'm terrified of this thing. Um, (laughs) But you know what? If we said that about like search engines back in the day, you know, like think about how search and frankly digitized anything helped advance the PR industry. Like remember when we were all using scissors and cutting out clips and like, you know, I don't know if anybody listening remembers that, but I certainly remember that. I'm not even that old. So, you know, I think... uh, you got it. You got to embrace it, or at least check it out. Use it to however, whatever degree you're comfortable. But uh, I think to just say, "Oof, that's scary." I'm going to put close my eyes and put it in a corner. Maybe not be may not be the best uh, approach if you're interested in keeping up uh, with the industry for sure. Yeah, I mean, the cat's out of the bag. You know, there's so it's you, you got to lean into it because it's here, or exactly. uh, you know risk becoming a fossil you know i i i see there's like a lot of talk where it's like uh in the the world of politics they like we want to crack down on this we want to put a moratorium on it we want to we want to investigate this further and it's like no it's already here (laughs) like maybe conversation seven years ago maybe but it's already here people are going to be using it there's no way to stop it and it's just time to you know lean in and use it to our advantage and position ourselves maybe as professionals to understand that there are going to be certain tasks that uh, are not going to be done by humans and you know and to uh, and to embrace it i guess i think yeah. that's how i try to look at it you know yeah other, as, otherwise you're yeah. going to be stressing about it right <laughs> it's just not in your yeah. control to be stressing about it so yeah i agree yeah and you know I'm a you know I I don't just do podcasts all day I'm a writer I write for a company called Upworthy and so mm-hmm. you know I go oh oh gosh they've got this thing that writes you know and I looked in the AI and I found that I could actually put could you write this in the style of Todd Perry from Upworthy and it was like yeah and it knew kind of how I write it wasn't perfect it was like the fake version of me but it was like sure. It was it was reasonably close. I was like, good, you know, good job, AI. You know, yeah. Um, so that that is a little creepy, but again, I'm you know I'm embracing the digital me. I, I've got to make friends with him. You know, uh, uh, fair enough, friend rather than foe. Right. Uh, yeah. So l- let's see here. Uh, just to back it up, just because I was talking about how I, I'm on Muckrack as a writer. Yes. And I was looking my profile up, and I'm I'm verified. Uh, and I was looking Great. it up, and I thought it was interesting. It had, like, every... I was just estimating how many articles I've written, maybe over the last six years. And I thought, I think maybe I've written about 5,000. And I look, and on Muckrack, it had 5,051 articles. I was like, wow, this this is good. Like, it knows yeah. exactly what I've done, and it's searchable for me as a writer to use it and go, what was that thing I wrote? You know, I, I was pretty amazed at how, um, what's the term I'm looking for? How robust it, my yeah. profile was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so we have real humans who manage our, uh, we have a real editorial team that manages uh, our database and the data is, is the power of the platform. Um, you know, I think we're, uh, pretty much in a league of our own in terms of the data that we do have powering Muckrack. And I think for journalists, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we started as a, a, as a platform for journalists. We continue to um, keep our platform free and open forever for journalists and, and, and creators. Um, 
and and I think it's a great it's a great tool and it's a great resource. It's kind of like okay, I I can't go to Google for this. This is just like the universe is just too vast. I don't know who's verified. I don't know, um, you know, maybe I don't know about all you know what this outlet means and, and the health kind of the health score of an outlet or a health score of a of a journalist, especially in the you know world of content creators and influencers. Like who's a journalist? Who's an influencer? You know, what I mean? so it's like yeah, it's a great little um like you know resource for for journalists to keep their portfolios up to date slash they don't have to do anything to keep their portfolio up to date. Um, it's all kind of automated, which is amazing. And, and there's loads of other uh, features for journalists too um, that I think are, are probably underutilized. Um, like see, you can see how, who shared your article, like what journalists shared your article. We have like this yeah. cute, like cool little who shared my link. You can put your link into your article and you can see, what journalists shared it on Twitter and what they're saying about it. And, and to me, that's like real community building for journalists when they really need it more than ever. In yeah. my view, um, you know, resources and support and tools that, that help them um, manage the load. <laughs> we talked to, uh, you know, we survey journalists too. So every year, so we have a, a pretty good sense of, of what journalists are, are facing right now and, um, and what their day to day is like. Yeah, so uh, how do you feel about the current state of journalism as, you know, its, it's importance yeah. in uh, informing the public and having an informed democracy? What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I spent 10 years at the New York Times, so um, <clears throat> if, if I weren't a proponent of independent journalism, I don't know what I was doing there for 10 years, but I, <laughs> you know... I, <laughs> um, it's concerning. Um, journalists don't aren't regarded in the way that they maybe once were. Um, the work is coming into question. I don't think the general public understands what goes into creating independent journalism. Um, yeah. I think it's tricky when you know a lot of folks are getting most of their information from one source, um, potentially a cable source, um, where a lot of that is just chat chatting right conversation right. points of view rather than on the ground journalism reporting with you know a first person account of what i'm seeing um right. so i i think that i think that there's a difference and i think that the news literacy is a challenge for sure i mean we surveyed journal over a thousand journalists earlier this year and at the end tail end of last year and um you know the two top issues for journalists, 50-50 split, was disinformation, obviously, and lack yeah. of funding. And, you know, the funding thing is the killer, too. Um, you know, two out of three journalists we surveyed said their work has been impacted by um, economic uncertainty. Um, there's just been layoffs. I mean, that layoffs, I feel like, have been pretty much standard for, yeah. for the last decade yeah. in journalism. And it's and it's... And it's sad. I mean, and you go down to the local level too, and then it just becomes really uh, concerning because I think folks don't really realize. I think folks just expect the news to be there, and they don't really understand or care to know how to pay for it. Um, yeah. And I think you know, I think the New York Times has has really led the way for. If you want high, if you support high quality news and you support institutions that are keeping folks in power accountable, 
then you need to pay for this. It's, 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 right. It doesn't come with aggregators and, and, the, and, the, and the tech platforms of the world. Like, they'd be filled with just kind of all not credible opinion rather than right. reported yeah. news if it wasn't for these news outlets. And it's like, who's funding these outlets, you know, because of the advertising yeah. situation. But anyway, so, so yeah. I, you know, to, to add to the doom and gloom, <laughs> uh, I was, uh, you know, I intimately work with a company that publishes, uh, you know, articles to Facebook. And the great thing is, like, at, at Upworthy, where I write, we've done a real hard uh, look at what we do and been very careful about, you know, meeting really high you know, expectations of journalistic standards. And, uh, you know, we've been labeled, you know, credible by, you know, Google and Facebook and all this stuff. And so, you know, applaud, pat on the back there. But the interesting, scary thing is that so many people, they go to Facebook uh, for their news. And that's how people come across all of their news articles and their news diet comes from that. And a, a very big percentage of the population does that. And uh, Facebook now is really just clamping down on what it allows so, to get into people's feeds. So now you've got you know, uh, 10,000 articles trying to fit their way through a very small hole. And yeah. so... People are doing stuff, and they they're just not showing it to anybody, or they're dictating what people can see. And I think a lot of the hysteria about Facebook is that you know it's it's not allowing you know certain opinion, you know whether left wing, right wing, or whatever. But actually, the real problem is it's just not allowing people to publish, and that's the only place people are going to get things that are published. So I right. think that's a very, very scary thing that's only going to make this problem worse because now publications can't get in front of people. So, exactly. you know, what, what do you do when they have a monopoly on that? And I don't know what the solution is, but that is rather disturbing too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the media are at the mercy of the distributors of their, of their content and, and, that's the tricky thing. And that's really scary. And, and the truth is, is that the average person doesn't understand that. So they no. don't realize that somebody else somewhere else is controlling what they see in their feed. So I think that, you know, I think honestly, um, news literacy and education is, is the place to, to, to start. And, uh, and, and, and let's, you know, and, and let's market that better. I think the news industry needs to market that better. But, yeah. you know, who has the budget and the time? <laughs> so back to, yeah. back to the initial back problem. To well, yes. Well, Linda, I've really uh, enjoyed speaking with you today. And I'm going to, we're coming up towards the end. And I just wanted to kind of wrap this conversation up with the question is, um, obviously, as someone who likes to cook, and we've been talking about AI. Have you tried any AI recipes or used AI for cooking? I haven't. And I should. Because when I saw this question, I was like, I should do that. I have used AI to book a trip or to plan oh. a trip, which is uh, I, I, I didn't realize was so, could be so. So that's something I have used it for in my personal life. Oh, could you could you actually be like, uh, I want to go, 
because my family and I were we're, we're talking about I don't know it's going to San Diego two hours away just this summer we went to take the kid to Legoland but we're like oh I want to stay at a yeah. nice resort there or what's happening could you just put like I'd like to go to San Diego sometime in late July I want to pay X amount per night can you do that and they'll yes. spit you out oh yes that's cool. it will it will and it'll, you can even say like I want to go to New York City and explore the area for five days build me an itinerary that only uses public transit and it will oh yeah it's pretty wild <laughs> that's okay i'm i'm no longer afraid of it now i'm yeah. good well uh, i would tell you i did use it for cooking because i was i was just scrolling through the internet and someone posted it was like an ai recipe for like a like a, a, a shrimp spaghetti recipe. And right. the person just, just put in the prompt, I'd like to make a, a easy to make in 25 minutes shrimp or uh, pasta recipe. Boom. And it kicked out this thing. And I was like, oh, let me try it. And I made it. And it was, it was darn tasty. It was like just a real basic kind of, you know, olive oil, spaghetti, shrimp thing. And I was like, wow, I'm going to have to, you know, use this more often, you know, you know become the... Yeah. Instead of the frugal go- gourmet, I'll be the uh, AI gourmet or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, I feel like we're going to go more and more to AI than we will to search engines, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> for another day. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Linda. Uh, people want to follow you uh, and, and hear more about what you have to say. Where do they go? They can follow me on Twitter at Linda Zebian and uh, on LinkedIn, Linda Zebian. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Thanks for having me. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.